Hello, all of you beautiful people, and welcome back to Spicier Than Therapy, the podcast where we talk about polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, BDSM, communication, kink, and all of the wonderful things that we think go into making a happy and healthy relationship. And I gotta tell you, we are so goddamn excited to have this guest on our show today. We've got Stephanie Mato. You will absolutely know her from everywhere, and I am happy to know her now. And Twin gets to interview her and ask all of the burning questions that we all want to know. So strap in. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. Welcome to Spicier Than Therapy. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're so glad you could join us. I'm so excited. We're going to get into a, a lot of fun topics today, I think. Um, so first and foremost, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. I feel like the internet knows me, obviously, from 90 Day Fiance. That's mm-hmm. where I am most infamously known from as the girl mm-hmm. that went to Australia. And then I kind of you know, went on to do some other sordid, infamous things such as sell my farts and boob sweat in jars. Um, That's just good entrepreneurialship. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think I'm one of the few 90 Day Fiance cast members who managed to branch away from the franchise, which is kind of sad because it's like, what, what, what did it take, right? What does it take to like have to differentiate yourself from that entire mm-hmm. franchise you have to literally fart in jars in order, <laughs> in order to break away from that franchise but i oh, did yeah. it and i'm proud of that <laughs> yeah and we'll get into all of that here in a little bit but so that kind of leads me into my first question for you yeah. which was like what was your first like prior to 90 day prior uh-huh. to all of the things prior to fart jars like what was your first foray into sex work And what made you get into doing that? So it's something that a lot of people don't realize, you know, especially watching me on 90 Day Fiance because I did come across as like a very prude and reserved person is that I'd actually been doing sexy content online for about seven years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I tell people like this is an alter ego. This is like a persona that I have. And when Mm -hmm. I am this person online it's it's not me. It's like I right. switch it on and I switch it off. In my personal life, I'm a very, very awkward person. And for some reason, when I'm in front of a camera, I can be the sexy person. But I remember about seven years ago, I had just gotten out of like a pretty controlling relationship with an older guy. I was very insecure. Like, you know, I don't even think I was like, I had never even masturbated before. <laughs> like I was, I was, yeah, I was a very like sexually inexperienced person. Um, I had a channel on YouTube with about 300,000 followers where I would talk about my dating life in New York City and I would talk about my past experiences with relationships. But I was, you know, I was dramatizing it. I was I was embellishing a lot of these stories and Mm -hmm. and uh, I had a lot of male viewers who, you know, all of them were like, get your tits out. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I know that feeling very well. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, you know, I, I'm sure they enjoyed the stories right. uh, from from young little Stepanka. 
who, you mm-hmm. know, I was like 20, I was 24 at the time, but like, of course they wanted to see more of me. And I think that they saw me as like the girl next door. So mm-hmm. I broke up with this guy. I felt like, okay, I'm 24 years old. I have this YouTube channel. I have this following. I kind of want to cash in on the curiosity uh, from these followers who like my stories, but also might want to see a nipple or two. Right. So I opened up a Patreon account and it kind of blew up. It was very successful. And that really was my, that was really my first foray. There we go. So sorry. You got me back. Oh, let me repeat that. There we are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it kind of blew up. So it kind of blew up and really that was my first foray into adult content. Mm -hmm. And it's, it started off very tame, very slow. And so over years, I really practiced the art of the tease with these loyal. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that's like what I really encourage other adult content creators is like, if you can show as little as possible for as long as possible yep. and make them pay as much as possible, you oh, know, yeah. cause you could, you can make a career out of it for decades showing literally a toe. Dita <laughs> literally has done that. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. But Hey, if you want to show everything and that makes you feel amazing, do it. Like oh, there's yeah, people who sure. are, there's people who are exhibitionists and who want to like right out of the gate, like show everything. And that's cool too. But you know, there's money to be made showing literally an ankle. An ankle. So yes. yeah. So that's kind of what I did. And that's how I started. I started on Patreon and then I, you know, pivoted to other platforms and, I've evolved a lot as a creator over the years. Oh, good. So, so then that was like, so how has that, speaking of evolution, how has that start on like Patreon you know, back in the days of yore? Um, <laughs> Cause I, I was also then on then too. Like how um, has that experience with Patreon in those early days of your cam work and stuff like that in adult content has shaped how you do business now? So, wow. It it feels so long ago back then. Damn, I can't believe you were a Patreon girl too. Oh, yeah. Like I was on <laughs> MFC way back in the day. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I feel like it has made me into like a survivor of the internet always trying to ban me, you know? Like <laughs> I've I've had so many platforms take down my content, demonetize me. And mm-hmm. the creators who have stuck around throughout the years and like hopped from one platform to another and to another and basically just like been terminators and just kept like surviving and thriving. Like yes. those are, you know, we're like the OGs. And oh, so, yeah. you know, my YouTube channel has been demonetized. My Patreon is like no more because it got too explicit where they were like, yeah, we're not, we're not allowing this anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even at one point, like, you know, OnlyFans was not cutting it anymore. It's not really adult content friendly like it used to be. And yeah. so that is why I made the pivot to 
uh, creating my own fan subscription platform because I just got so tired of platforms censoring me and telling me what I can and can't do. I just didn't Mm -hmm. feel comfortable on any of these platforms. So yeah, I feel like it, you know, every single platform and every single journey I went on over the past seven years has taught me to be the best businesswoman I can be and has taught me to really roll with the punches and Mm -hmm. you know whatever knocks me down whatever platform bans my account you just gotta rise back up like a phoenix and just yeah you know (laughs) yes keep on going right well and look like I you and I are about the you and I are roughly the same age like we're a few months apart and so yeah I very much like I came up on MFC with like Vera uh, Vera Bambi and Jessica Wild you know like way back when they were first starting yeah right and so like I remember like I'm sure you do you know back when like YouTube and Instagram were kind of the wild west for those of us making spicy content and we could get away with Mm -hmm. it and then it's just gotten progressively harder for all of us right and so I wonder you know I have my own theories but I'm curious to know yours like what is it about sex work specifically that you think keeps people like us like Vera and like Jessica and like all these other creators coming back to this despite how much we keep getting shut down again like like exploited Mm. to build content and to build these platforms and then shut down once we're no longer advertiser friendly. Like, what do you think keeps us coming Mm. back despite that systemic abuse? I know. Isn't that like insane? Like we're kind of crazy. A little bit. Yeah. We're not, we did not get here because we had like super great childhoods. Like that's always my joke, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. Isn't like, isn't that like crazy though, that we do keep coming back? I think, um, I think that that's, I don't know if that's, if it, is it smart that we do that? I, I don't know. Actually it is smart. It is smart. (laughs) Yeah. No, you know what? It is smart. You know why it's smart? Because every single time we get banned or removed or taken down or a community strike, it teaches us something about the system and Mm -hmm. how to work it better the next time because we're we're hustlers and we know how to work the system. Because like, I'll I'll tell you one thing, I'm on like my sixth TikTok account and I'm, and I'm starting to learn how to work the system. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to figure it out because like you, you cannot overtly uh, advertise your platform Mm-mm. and your unfiltered or your only fans. You have to do it so subliminally and so smartly. And there's ways to do it. You just have mm-hmm. to be so clever about it. It just took me like four tries to figure right. that out. But uh, like, I'm there it. now. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. I mean, I've, I'm yeah. on four and this fourth one is like specifically for our podcast and stuff like that. But- yeah all of the same content is still available, you know? So it's... Exactly. Yeah. But like, there's still, you know, there's still some creators that I follow who are like, you know, rebuilding their fourth TikTok account and they're still posting sexy content. I'm like, girl, don't you learn? I love it. I love, I love the enthusiasm, but come on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, like you're gonna, you're, you're, you're like, you're, you're treading a very dangerous path and you're, you're, you're doing something that's very risky, but like, yeah, I just, I wish that, uh, these platforms would just 
lighten up a little bit, but I know it's not going to happen, especially with platforms like TikTok. Although I must say they have like chilled out maybe just a little bit. Have you noticed? Uh, yeah, actually, like uh, Tier and I were talking about that last night because I had yeah. two different copyright or two, not copyright, two different strikes come down in the same day for different material. And mm-hmm. like, strangely enough, they both, I mean, both appeals were, you know, as soon as I appealed it, they were back up within minutes. And that has never happened for me before. So yeah. I don't know if they're lightening up a little bit or if maybe like, those of us that are screaming from the rafters are maybe just loud enough that they're going, okay, maybe we should back off. And I, yeah. I have to wonder if a little bit of that is because of threads making its appearance. Cause like, even though it's a different platform altogether and a different competitor, it's still a competitor. And I'm still, I'm wondering if maybe there's not a little bit of that there, but that's my own little yeah. tinfoil conspiracy. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, maybe they're so nervous about getting banned in the United States. They're trying to be nice to all of the creators, right. you know, just like, <laughs> just to massage us a little bit, like, don't hate us. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So you mentioned earlier about being on 90 Day Fiance and being on that series, right? So I have to wonder how, you know, like you said, you are one of the only, if not the only one who's really made um a little bit of an empire out of your run on 90 days so how did that experience as like a reality tv villain kind of shape how you do how you run your own company now and how you do things as a creator so i fully embrace the villain role i know that like deep down i'm not a villain like i don't i don't think i'm a bad person right i just know that like some people are easily cast mm-hmm. as a certain archetype on a show right mm-hmm. and i just so happen to like fit this mold on a reality tv show and people just can easily hate me i don't know why i'm hateable so like i was like okay sure if you want to hate me hate me and actually it's easier to be the villain yeah because you know a fall from grace for a beloved person that's brutal yeah. right and you and people who are beloved online they're held to such a high standard yeah right and i'm not People have very low standards for me. Like, like I, I, it's, it's wonderful. Like I don't have to do much. Like I, I can, I can be a piece of shit and people are like, whatever. She's the fart jar girl. Let her do whatever she's doing. Right. So, but like, I am very proud of what I've been able to accomplish and do. Obviously I've launched a fan subscription platform with my co-founder. That's been like, my mission is to create this, to create a safe space for sex workers and, you know, Mm -hmm. just all types of content creators. I guess the one big bummer for me is that like, not a lot of people are aware of it because Mm -hmm all of my like weird and crazy PR stunts like fart jars and boob sweat have really overshadowed some of the back end work that I do. So, you know, that, that can be like kind of the thorn in my side, but I think that's a problem for a lot of sex industry workers. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. I I think a lot of, go ahead. Sorry. No, but I I feel that you can probably relate to that as well. I think that when you're such a sexual object, such like, you know, you know, you do sex work, people tend to focus so much on that and they don't focus on 
the, you know, the other work that you're doing and the other things that you're contributing. So that does suck. But, you know, I think over time, people are opening their eyes to unfiltered Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's there's more and more publicity coming out that like, hey, I am the CEO and founder of this company and... And that makes me happy. I'm yeah. very happy about that. And you should be. You should be really proud. That's awesome. Yeah. So Thank is there you. so was there anything from your run on that series that, you know, looking back now, you know, as a CEO and founder of a company, that you you look back on that time and you're like, oh, I am not doing that. Like, is there anything you took from that experience? Um, I would never do reality TV again. <laughs> like I I that was that was probably one of the most mentally emotionally challenging things I've ever done in my entire life Mm -hmm. and it doesn't help that the entire 90 day fiance fandom is a pack of rabid wolves (laughs) that will rip you to shreds like they they are ruthless those reddit forums they're they're wild and I read them oh god I was on I yeah, I frequented them. Oh no, Steph. <laughs> Cause I'm a sucker for pain. I was gonna say that like that's a level of masochist that like even as a brat, like I could not oh god, I couldn't even yeah. imagine. I was like, oh cool. I'm fat and ugly, guys. Look at that. <laughs> right. Well, and like especially doing sex work professionally, like you have to have a thick oh, yeah. skin, but like being on reality tv like i couldn't even imagine like oh, how much worse the it's... worst the worst was when um when the 90 day fiance community discovered that i do sex work mm. and like you know i was a prude on the show but they were like oh but she does sex work but she doesn't want to have sex with her partner on the show how can these two things coexist oh my god right you know because like god forbid god forbid someone like you know have like trauma and maybe want to take their time in a relationship and like you know consent and stuff whoa what's that but like it's just like so crazy and they took a video of me from my fan subscription platform and it was a bad one too it was not a flattering one I think it was one that I forgot to edit and it was like it had a clip of me like I think I had like toilet paper in my vagina and like they leaked it onto (laughs) it happens Right. right and they and they leaked it on Reddit yeah I was like dude it's like if someone took an actor's worst movie and like blasted it on you know all over the internet and that's what I had to live with for for my whole season I was so humiliated I wasn't really humiated I was also like okay well the traffic is going up on my page right that's good well at least people People know about it yeah People are people are subscribing. Yeah. I guess it worked. Listen, people want to see the toilet paper clip. So that's good. <laughs> I yeah, no, I am very firmly in the camp of like I, I and we're we're suckers in our house for like trash reality TV. Like I have yet to ever watch 90 Day, but we're big on like Love is Blind and stuff like that on Netflix. And like I love a good villain. Are art. you really? Oh. Love is blind. Oh my god! Yes. Stop it. I look. We've even gone to the international, like Brazil and like Japan and all of it. Like me too. Oh. Me too. <laughs> I love it so much. Like I love Stop a good it. villain arc. 
Dude, I watched the Brazilian one and I had it on like the American dubbing. I had to turn off the American dubbing because I needed to like have the authenticity of like the Portuguese. They're crazy. Those Brazilians are so passionate. It's so different than the American version. And it's so weird too because it's like even, and we were joking about this, like even their worst, like trashiest person is still a thousand times better than like 80% of the American cast every single time. And I'm just like, it's true. Even your most obnoxious people, I'm like, okay, so you're a misogynist. All right. Like, mm -hmm. not as bad as the Americans, but I won't watch the, I won't watch the Japanese one because I heard it's like really like calm and like sweet and nice, but, and I need, I need drama. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Exactly. Japanese people are too mature, I feel. Uh, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of like that societal. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, right? But like from what I understand, there's very <laughs> much like that societal, like, nope, just ring it in, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Like no one's going to be like punching anyone in the face or like spilling a drink on someone. Exactly. Uh, but okay, right? we're going we're gonna to sidebar too hard. Um, so... <laughs> I will squirrel tangent all day. Um, So going back to the, like what you were mentioning about, you know, your, like the audience finding out that you do sex work, that Mm -hmm. kind of brings me to like the inevitable question that a lot of us in this industry deal with is like, how Mm -hmm. do you deal with people in your personal life? Like, how did you find, how did you deal with them finding out about your sex work and your career? Like, how did it, how was it, how was your personal life affected by that? Mm Hmm. So I, at one point in my early twenties was an exotic dancer. And so, you know, I think like when my mom found that out after that, it was like, whatever, whatever I do after this, I don't really care what my mom finds out after that, because it's like, you know, I've already done shocking things. So my mom will accept anything going forward. So that would, that was okay. My mom, my mom expects me to push the envelope and just live my life however I want to. The rest of my family, it's, they're Eastern European. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit more conservative. I don't even think they know what I do, to be honest. You're Czech, right? Yeah. So they, they, they live under a rock. And so they're on like a total need to know basis. My girlfriends, super supportive, all like, hey, how can I do it? Can I do it too? Half of them are on the site. Nice. (laughs) So half half of them are on Unfiltered. They're collabing with me. So I've been like really honestly blessed with super supportive people in my life. Mm -hmm. And I've had so many people comment like shitty things on my on my uh, social media saying, you're never going to find a partner that supports what you do for a living. I have the most supportive partner, like literally who loves what I do, who supports me in every step of what I do. I've never dated anybody ever, except one time, like many, many, many years ago, who's had a problem with what I do. Mm -hmm. And Like, so I don't know. I don't know why people constantly put that into people's heads like that. You know, there's all these men out there or women out there who have an issue with, 
you know, with this career choice. It's like, it's so crazy. Yeah. Like, yes, of course, there's misogynistic, shitty people out there who will judge you mm-hmm. for this. But there's also so many people who are chill about it and who are like, yeah, get get that bag. Like, do whatever you want to. Make your money. It's just as much of a job as anything else. Right, exactly. See, and that's how I was when I, when Tier and I were dating. Um, longtime listeners of the podcast will know this, but you know, short version is like, I was already an exotic dancer. I had been doing camming and online work for years. So when we met, I was very quickly like either get in step or find a different door. Like that's, that's our thing. Yeah. Right. And so like, I made him come into the club while I was working and it was a whole thing. And just to see how he would react. And now half the girls, like if we're FaceTiming while I'm in the locker room, the girls will come running over like, hi, honey. You know, so it's so cute. So I love oh, it. It's amazing. And he's, he's spoiled rotten by the girls. So half the time they're like, half the time I have to remind them they're topless as they're running over or they'll do it on purpose. <laughs> so he has a hard life, right? Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Luckiest boyfriend ever. Oh yeah. Well, and then like, yeah. So that brings me to though, like, you know, a lot of us in this field, and it always baffles me when I see girls that are like, my boyfriend doesn't improve, me, 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 right? And like, you know, kind of to your point, like how has your, you know, personal code, I guess, changed or evolved around dating because of your time in sex work? Um, I am so much more upfront about Mm -hmm. it. I don't hide it. Like it is something that I lead with in conversation when I meet somebody. Mm -hmm. I'm not ashamed of it at all. Like I think it's something to be proud Mm -hmm. of this. I, I, I mean, even before I launched my fan subscription platform unfiltered, Mm -hmm. I, I was, I was running my own business. It, it is a business. Yeah. You're basically head of marketing for your own business. You are creating content. You're a creative director. You're doing your own editing. You're, you are running so many different aspects of a company. Yes. And, you know, at the height of my, my, uh, my profile, I was making literally more than most freaking dudes working at a hedge fund. So like, honestly, I bought myself a beautiful home. I, I purchased a car for my mother. I, you know, I've been able to provide for my family. I've done a lot of amazing things for myself with the money that I've made from sex work. And I'm not ashamed of it. And so if somebody wants to shame me for that, that's on them. Like, you know, there's plenty of jobs out there that hurt people mm-hmm. that, you know, I, and capitalism fucking hurts people yes. in so many fucking different ways. Okay. But if like, and you can look at it any way you want to, you could look at my job any way you want to. I look at it as I'm a freaking therapist that takes my clothes off sometimes. Yep. Okay. That that's what I do. I provide a service to people mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, that's it. Okay. If you want to look at it more deeply, like, oh, you destroy marriages. Like, no, okay. <laughs> sure, 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 Chad. Sure, 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 Chad. Like, 
know, I just, I, I, I don't even like entertain those people because that's crazy. Most of the people who are subscribed to me are people who are lonely, who just need somebody to talk to Aww. people who've been following me for a really long time, who have like a friendship that they've developed with me online. It's, uh, you know, it, they're very realistic about, about the type of relationship they have with me online. And it's just a service that I provide to them. Yeah. And that's really all it is. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just very upfront and honest with people when I meet them, when I tell them what I do. I'm very lucky and blessed that the person I'm in a relationship with now is accepting. If I was ever single again, um, I, you know, I would be the same upfront and honest about what I Good. do. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that for you. And also, like, can we just take a second to appreciate the fact that, you know, like a lot of us within the community, myself included, you're doing all of this. You're a CEO, you're your own marketing person, you're all of these things. Even before, like you said, before you launched Unfiltered, you're doing all of these things while also living with a chronic illness. Yeah. Yes. So five years ago, I was diagnosed with aplastic anemia. Mm -hmm. And so not many people know about this illness. It's a rare bone marrow failure condition. Yeah. So it's a, it's an orphan illness. It's not, you know, researched very much, only about one in every million people have it. And, uh, you know, bone marrow failure means that your body does not produce enough blood cells. Mm -hmm. So about five years ago, I was put on the bone marrow transplant list. I didn't have a viable match in the registry. So I entered an experimental treatment at the National Institute of Health wow. and I went into remission about two, three years oh, wow. ago. So I'm, yeah, so I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, one of the thing that's, one of the things that's been like a blessing for me and is also a blessing for a lot of people in the adult industry is like, you know, having this as a means of income when I can't have a traditional yes. job. You know, for me, when I was at my sickest, when I had literally no white blood cells and couldn't go out into public and was struggling, uh, I couldn't, you know, hold a regular nine to five job. Mm -hmm. There was no way. So for me, you know, being able to work from home and create content at home, uh, it was kind of a godsend. Yeah, I know I, myself included, I, I, you know, I would live with my own. So like, it's always really cool for me personally to hear about other people who are dealing with whatever XYZ diagnosis while also just being a complete fucking badass, like does something special for my yeah. heart. Yeah. So, okay. So is that, well, now we're going to get to get into unfiltered specifically. And I'm so excited. Yeah. I, I have to say like, as somebody who is on unfiltered has been on there for a couple of months now and it's actually doing pretty damn well. Just uh humble, humble brag there. Um, <laughs> like I really, as a creator, I've really, really enjoyed what you're doing with the platform, how you're platforming it, how loud and outspoken you are about like being pro sex worker on unfiltered. Like that, that meant a lot to me personally to see that. So I wanted to know like what, and I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to hear like in detail, like what made you want to create unfiltered? Like what specifically was the impetus for you wanting to do that? And what's been your favorite part of doing so? So I remember 
the idea for Unfiltered came about literally the week that the article for OnlyFans removing adult content. It was like August 2021. Mm -hmm. And I initially was going to develop my own app and platform just for myself. I was like, all right, guys, peace out. I'm out of here. Like, I'm done with this BS. I'm never dealing with another platform removing me off their site ever again. So I called up like these developers and I was ready to to start this platform. And then I was talking with my co-founder who was going to help me kick off this project. And he was like, well, Stephanie, you know, you've been in this industry for a while. You have a lot of like network. You have a big network of like content creator friends that might also want to join you. Why don't you expand this platform beyond just yourself and like invite your friends to join too? And I was like, okay, sure. Let's, let's have some other people join as well. So it started with like me and then 10 people. And then that expanded to like way more Mm -hmm. because way more people than I had anticipated wanted to join me in this venture. Mm -hmm. So it was me plus like a hundred founding creators on this platform. And then, you know, I just had this vision of what I wanted the platform to look like, because let's face it, OnlyFans is so not mobile friendly. It's so clunky and like difficult to use. It's not user friendly. It's difficult to learn. And so I really wanted something easy Mm -hmm. and something that really felt like, like an easy app that you could use on your phone. And so over time, it really grew. This was kind of like a passion project. It was fully self-funded by me. So like, yeah. So anytime like I got a big paycheck, I would be like, all right, let's develop this feature. (laughs) I got some money. (laughs) Like let's, let's launch digital auctions. So, you know, it, it just kept growing and growing for about two years. And now we've really hit this point with the platform where it's like a fully developed platform. We've merged with another company. We have an investor now, which is Deja Vu. They're one of the biggest adult entertainment, uh, like live entertainment strip club brands in the mm-hmm. US. And so, you know, I'm very happy with the product as it is now. We have a web app, we have notifications, we have digital auctions, mm-hmm. we have private ticketed events, we have, you know, the site I think looks really great. Mm-hmm. We have thousands of creators, we have millions of visitors on the site and I am just like really excited to see the future of the platform because I think that, you know, are we going to be the next OnlyFans? No, because I think we're trying to be something completely different from OnlyFans. I love that. OnlyFans is trying to... OnlyFans is trying to shut out sex workers. And we've we've been built on the idea that we are for creators and sex workers. Mm -hmm. We're never going to try to shut out adult content creators. We are always going to be there to support them. They'll always have a voice on our platform, always have a space on our platform. And we are a platform that's run by sex workers. So, you know, they'll always they'll always be heard by us if, you know, if they need to, if they have a problem, if they reach out to support, mm-hmm. support is run by fellow adult content creators as mm-hmm. well. The platform is founded by an adult, an adult content creator. So... I will always have their best interest at heart. And I love that so much. Like, and and I like again. I cannot stress enough. Like, that is very true from everything I've seen as another creator. Like that you you 
legitimately mean that because you know we've heard it all before right we've heard that same song from other platforms like OnlyFans, like patreon you know and you're actually sticking to your guns and you mean that so that like i said you know I, like i applaud you for that that means a lot you know thank to, you to provide a safe place for i I, 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 I feel you on that because, you know, I, I launched this thing and within a first, the first couple weeks, I remember a creator messaged me and she had given me some feedback about the site. She was like giving me some complaints, which they were warranted because the site sucked <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and she was like, frustrated because obviously, you know, she felt that OnlyFans was like a sinking ship and, you know, she was about to lose her source of income. And now she was trying us, this new site that like, you know, was kind of shitty because it had just started. And she was like, you know what? I've seen sites like you come and go. And like, it's true. Mm -hmm. Like so many sites have come and gone and, you know, us adult content creators have had to just always like jump from one ship to another Mm -hmm. and like constantly evolve and change with the times and like just you know keep on grinding and hustling and it's like it's exhausting and wouldn't it just be nice to just like feel like we have a home where we can just settle down and like set down our roots and not have to worry about a big freaking fire destroying (laughs) everything and us like packing our shit like a bunch of you know I don't know. Rats on a traveling ship, yeah. circus people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Like, and then have to go and move across country the next day. Like it's, it sucks to feel that way. So that's really, I want people to feel like they can make unfiltered their home. So hopefully that girl that complained a year or two ago, you know, is still around. I'll have to check. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of growing and evolving, what can we expect? I mean, obviously there's, you know, things that are going to be hush hush because of, you know, logistics, right. But what can we expect to see from unfiltered both as fans and as creators? So we are partnered with Deja Vu, which is obviously like revolutionary monumental. We've, uh, we've planned a lot of events with them at their clubs. Mm -hmm. So at the end of July, we're doing our first ever collaborative unfiltered event with Mm -hmm. them. So that will be in New York city. Um, we are also going to be doing a Halloween event at their club in Las Vegas. So that'll be very fun. You should come. I would love to invite you to come to this event. You have my email. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you should not definitely Vegas come. Halloween. Maybe that. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll put that <laughs> Yeah. Um, so lots of events with Deja Vu at their clubs. And then, you know, pretty much just like working and busting my buns. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, you know, I think social media makes my life appear really, really, really exciting and sometimes more glamorous than right. it is. But most of the time, I'm just like sitting in my office working. <laughs> <laughs> so is there is that's there it. any one thing you've been working on that you're like particularly excited about? Hmm. Well, let's see. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hold on a second. Hold on. There's gotta be, there's gotta be something. (laughs) Well, with unfiltered, with unfiltered, we are going to be launching an unfiltered podcast at the end of the summer. 
So that's going to be pretty exciting. And, you know, if you do join Unfiltered as a creator, we are doing some really big things as far as events mm-hmm. go. And if you join as a creator, you should check out our Unfiltered Ambassador Program. It's pretty We are deal. offering the lowest... Yeah, we are offering the lowest platform fees. We invite our unfiltered ambassadors to events. It's popping. So anyone listening, join unfiltered. Yes, support creators, <laughs> be a creator. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm always, I'm always gonna be plugging unfiltered everywhere I go. I should just get it tattooed on my forehead. Oh, Join unfiltered. <laughs> I'm surprised I don't even have a bumper sticker on my like, car. That's gonna that's gonna be in the next merch kit. It's just like bumper stickers and like the QR yeah. code, especially, would be perfect. What's wrong with me? Why haven't I? <laughs> See, this is why Seriously. we were meant to meet up is so that we can just trade weird ideas and be like, wait, that one actually is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a great idea. <laughs> But the like, and and I sometimes I have like the worst ideas because like my my mom was going to visit some family a couple months ago, and I was like I was like oh you should bring the family some merch, and then I thought about it. I was like wait no no you shouldn't you should you you shouldn't you shouldn't bring the family merch. Yeah. That's a bad idea. Yeah, no, um, I had to explain to my I had to figure out a way to explain to my 13 year old why he couldn't have one of my unfiltered t-shirts that you sent me in our March kit because I was like because he was like oh you have two and I was like yeah one one for me and one for tear that's it they didn't no no like <laughs> no you cannot have an adult fan subscription t-shirt yeah, no, no you cannot no, no. <laughs> it was already weird enough when he unbeknownst to us wore one of our spicier than therapy like hoodies that we had just because it was a it was a, a merch prototype kind of thing and so we didn't want it he wanted it okay he wore it to school without us realizing and we were like oh no oh no 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 and one of his teachers oh, knew no. who we were <gasps> yeah it was fun that was a great day oh my god <laughs> that was that was a fun meeting um so oh my yeah, god yeah <laughs> brutal oh damn yeah. oh so there's, there's a fun little story for his uh high school graduation um so all that to say <laughs> i'm so glad you were able to join us for today i really appreciate you coming on the podcast um just before we let you go what events i mean you kind of touched on a couple of like like what events can we expect to see from you guys in the next couple of months prior to Halloween. So, so July 29th, wow, I said that (laughs) weird. July 29th, I will be at the Hustler Club in New York City. It'll be an unfiltered event and everybody is welcome to come. It's going to be super exciting. There's be, there will be photo opportunities there as well, a huge PR event. So come on down. And then we will also be at the Exotic Dancer Expo in Vegas, from August 20th to the 24th. And then in September, we will be on the 30th in St. Louis at the Hustler Club for another unfiltered event. So lots of events. And then October 27th, also in Hustler. You guys can't remember all that. That's fine. Unless you have a freakish freakish good memory. (laughs) Or if they follow you at any of the social medias that you're about to tell them all about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
follow me at Stepanka Matto, S-T-E-P-A-N-K-A, Matto, M-A-T-T-O on Instagram. And also make sure to go check out Unfiltered, U-N-F-I-L-T-R-D.com. Yes. Well, thank you again, Stephanie. I appreciate you so much for coming on. And uh, thank you, guys. And we'll see you on Unfiltered. Bye.